With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast. The show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writers, show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is August 23rd, 2017, and it's been a busy week already. So this is the second week of school officially for the kids, and uh, my first week of subbing in a local preschool. I work as a, when I'm not doing all the other things I'm doing, I've been substitute teaching for a few years now, but I also substitute as a paraeducator. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, you go into various school situations and you help the children because you're a support to the teacher. So for me, this means that I'm going in and subbing and working with ELL, you know, English language learners, or I'm subbing with uh, children who have um, special needs. That's usually what it is. And so for the next two weeks, I'm para-subbing at a local preschool in our public school system. And I've been there in the past and all that, so I'm accustomed to it. The majority of the children that are in that particular school have some sort of special needs. So it's a very interesting place to be. It can be very tiring, but it's a very interesting place to be. So the other day, I was sitting with a group of the kids, and they're, they're eating lunch. And there's like six of them or something. And one of them, this little boy, is really just savoring every moment of his lunch experience. I mean, I kid you not. He would take a bite of a carrot dipped in ranch dressing, and as it approached his mouth, his eyelids would start to close. And then when it met his lips and he could just taste it, this itty-bitty grin would form on his face, and then he'd just chew. And then after that, he'd slowly open his eyes. He did this repeatedly. It was one of the best most beautiful examples of savoring a moment that I have witnessed in years. It has been a very long time. And so I thoroughly enjoyed meeting this little boy this week and getting to know him. He does this at every lunch period, just so you know. So that was like Monday or something. Today's Wednesday. I fully expect he'll do it Thursday and Friday and all next week. Great little kid. He just turned three years old. So there's a lesson to be learned there, right? You know, we can learn from the three-year-old about savoring moments in your life. So that's my little tidbit to share with all of you. I hope everything's going well in your world. Uh, Tonight, we're talking about dark fantasy with Andy Peliquin. He's been on the show before, uh, but I'm going to have him reintroduce himself and tell us about his work and sort of bring us up to speed because he's released another book, of course, which is why he's here. But if you haven't read the first one, then you have no clue what's going on. So 
will kind of get you all caught up and they entice you and then you'll want to go over and check out his books and buy them because that's what's going to happen. I already know that. So, Andy, welcome to the Back Four Trider Show. Thank you so much for having me, man. With an intro like that, I, I really hope I can live up to, to the very high standard you've set for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can. You'll be all right. <laughs> so before we start, though, I, on the books, I noticed I was over on your website, and I noticed you were having some sort of party, and I don't, I don't even know if you already did this, um, but you apparently hit 200 people in your basically fan club. Is that right? Your, your author fan thing? Yeah. So yeah, I've got a, a group How on Facebook. It? It's, it's Andy Peliquin's Fantasy Fiends. It's the it's where I hang out with all all of my readers and my my fans, and we just have fun. You know, we we post different things every day. I do live readings of my stories and stuff like that. And and you know, we were growing. I started it in April or May, and I said, okay, once we hit 200, we'll have a, a big party. And so we hit 200 a couple of weeks ago, and so we did a whole big party. It was fun. Everybody in the in the group was divided into sort of the the houses of the night guild. The night guild is the the thieves guild in my story, and so everyone had their own house. You know, there was the assassins, and then there was the poisoners, and the thieves, mm-hmm. and we all did you know a big competition to see who could you know share the most or post the most, and the winners get to create characters that I write into my stories. So we just do fun stuff like that all the time. Oh, that sounds so much fun. <laughs> So what was your show rate? How many people participated? Uh, Well, we had, I mean, there was was 200. Right now the group is at 230, and most of them participated and joined in and posted and shared and played games and things like that. And, yeah, we probably had about 150 people, 200 throughout the weekend. I mean, sorry, throughout the day. That's awesome. So, you know, other authors will want to know, how did you manage that? How did you get... The, the fans that you've been able to get? Well, that is a very good question. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. know, it's been – I released the first book in my dark fantasy world two years ago, almost to the day. August 21st, 2015 was the release of the first book. And – I've just been, you know, interacting with people, both fellow authors and random readers, doing launch parties and giving away hundreds of copies of my book and just sort of putting myself out there, being as genuine a human being as I can, you know, connecting with people on a personal level. And people really seem to appreciate that. That resonates with them very well. And then, of course, when they read the stories, they're like, oh, not only is he a cool dude, but he writes these awesome stories. So it's sort of a a, a one-two punch, I guess. (laughs) Very cool. All right, so we've covered that because that's a little bit of a marketing thing that other people, authors, would want to have known. But let's back up for people who also like dark fantasy or maybe new to it and want to know about your story. Start with the first book and bring them up to speed so that they know what we're talking about for the second one. All right, so the first book, Child of the Night Guild, is about a girl who is sold to a thieves guild at the age of eight, and it basically shows how thieves are trained, but then how an innocent child is turned into a criminal, like the process of converting a child into a criminal. You know, there's so many people in the uh, in prisons or in the justice system today who 
who we see them now and we say, oh, they're they're bad people now. But then had we gone back to them before they were abused or um, endured hardships, we would have seen a very different person. So this story was definitely the the look at a transformation from a child who you know is really innocent to someone who is willing to steal and kill for a living. And so the the first book, Child of the Night Guild, follows her from the ages of eight to eighteen. And Thief of the Night Guild, the second book, it shows her at the age of of twenty three, after the things have happened to her. You know, she's sort of come into her own as a thief. She's grown more confident, and she basically pulls off an Ocean's Eleven style bank heist, the first bank heist in her world. And it's much more epic, it's much more action-packed, but it's still got that same visceral look at what it's like to be a woman in this male-dominated criminal society, how these people there is just sort of – they're criminal and ruthless by nature, not necessarily because they're evil, but because of their, you know, they're the product of their environment. It's definitely a much – it's a fascinating, action-packed adventure book with plenty of psychology thrown in. <laughs> All right, so plenty of psychology thrown in. What's your background? My background, I have no background. <laughs> I was born uh, to missionary parents, and I was raised in Japan until I was 14 and then uh, moved to Mexico. And I got really fascinated with psychology just two or three years ago when I was diagnosed with Asperger syndrome, which is a mm. form of, of autism spectrum disorder. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, why is my brain making me so different from everybody else? By researching Asperger's, it sort of led me to all the other things the brain can do, you know, the psychological, the neurological, the the mm-hmm. emotional, all these different disorders and syndromes and traumas. And so it's it's been such a fascinating journey, and every new thing that I discover leads to some fascinating new character or some twist, some trait that makes these stories so fascinating and and more than just you know a great story, but a real insight into these people. Mm-hmm. So the main character is Alana, right? Yes. What what sort of traits does she have that came from your experience of your diagnosis with Asperger's? Well, her hers is she is um, we're going to say neurotypical because that's the proper word. For it, not normal, neurotypical. She has no no syndrome. But then her father was an abusive drunk. Her mother died at a young age, and her father blamed her for her mother's death. She was sold to this thieves' guild and subjected to um, pretty harsh brainwashing techniques, which involve sleep deprivation, uh, the terrible diet, overwork, um, emotional abuse, things like that. So she's been she's been basically physically and emotionally abused her whole life. So she is the product of her environment. She becomes hard and cold in many ways. You know, she has the one or two people that she really cares about, but for everybody else, she won't, you know, nothing will stop her from getting what she wants. So give me a, a couple examples of characters that you have in the story that do that have these traits because part of the the curiosity I have is I work with, as I mentioned in the very beginning, top of the show, I work with children who have special needs. And so I'm frequently, including today, working with children who are autistic. And they're not necessarily yeah. at Asperger's. 
Um, but I, I have worked with children also who, as a teacher, who are diagnosed with Asperger's. And it, it's interesting to me that you've brought this up because I've never, I've never personally come across a book that did that, that actually the author uh, has that well, diagnosis. That's, that's, and, and that's why I'm curious. That's what sort of, I mean, that's what I like to say makes my fantasy unique. Um, this story doesn't have so many of those of those characters. There is one character who is who is sort of a high functioning autistic person, sort of like me in many ways. Uh, he he has a couple of of those nervous traits, like his fingers never stop moving. He's always fiddling, and mm-hmm. his eyes never meet the people who he's talking to. He's always looking just like right over their over their mm-hmm. shoulder, which is very common with with right. people. It's something that I do. I have a hard time meeting people's eyes when I talk to them. But then. Um, in this particular series, not many, but then my other series with the half-demon assassin, the last Bucellari series, the, one of the characters has William syndrome, which is sort of an extreme naivete or innocence where he doesn't understand that someone would want to do him harm. So mm. he's very much a contrast to the, the cynical demon killer, and then he's, he has this kid who's just absolutely innocent who has no concept of danger. So it's a fascinating contrast there. Or... Uh, an urban fantasy story that I will be releasing as a novel series in the next year features a a 17-year-old girl who loses her parents in an explosion and her one she has two twin younger brothers one of them loses his right hand he's an amputee and the other one is um is autistic but nonverbal and so using these these different uh, sort of disabilities but then because it's urban fantasy, the disabilities manifest as their sort of special abilities. The kid mm-hmm. who loses his hand as a phantom limb develops a, a hand of fire. And the autistic child, uh, he is given this super excellent pattern recognition ability, sort of like how autistic children and adults, they have, they're very good at recognizing patterns. This mm-hmm. child is able to learn uh, an angelic language by studying the the runes etched into his cage in a very short amount of time or he can learn patterns to bring down a house with one punch or an explosion or something you know like he's his pattern recognition thing enables him to be special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so with your books what's the age range for readers well so far all of my books i'd put them 16 plus with definitely leaning more towards adult because they do explore some pretty some pretty dark themes. Um, as I mentioned, this child who's eight years old, she endures some pretty horrible physical and emotional abuse, and it's not something I would want um, teenagers to have to to be exposed to. But then I will be putting out other stories that are geared not necessarily towards young adult, but which are able to be read by younger adults. Um, without the darker themes, like this urban fantasy series, it's definitely going to be set. Or it's going to revolve around these these young children and teenagers, or uh, more heroic fantasy. But that's all in the future. For now, definitely adult. You know what's interesting about what you're telling me is, uh, either last year or the year before, I was substituting. Actually, it was the year before. I was subbing for a fifth, sixth grade classroom. So that's you know, middle grade ish, right? And they were reading yeah. a book that was based on true events. And when I sat down to wow. say, hey, give me the, the synopsis of this book, 
tell me what, what this is all about. They very eagerly told me all, everything that was that, including a young man who's high-functioning Asperger's. And he loved the book. Oh, wow. And in this book, the, the young boy, his, his, if I recall correctly, his father killed his mother, murdered her. Um, wow. And then things just got you know worse from there, essentially. But it's based on something, a true event. So you're telling me this is, you yeah. know, you gear it towards 16 or whatever. And I'm thinking, I don't know, these fifth and sixth graders were just reading two years ago this book like that. <laughs> and when I was reading, yeah. you read, as a teacher, you read aloud to them. And they're, you know, listening to the book because it's the read aloud book. And I was disturbed by it. <laughs> so I'm reading yeah. it and thinking, what in the world are you having these kids read, you know? <laughs> um, I cannot remember the name of the book. Yeah. Um, so I guess from that perspective, I would say, you know, some of what you're writing, it, it may just depend on how the language you're using and how explicit it is. But the topics that middle graders yeah. are being exposed to these days, apparently, is a little open. <laughs> and this, just to give you an idea, yeah. was also in a Catholic private school. Whoa. So is, exactly, right? So I was really shocked. <laughs> I thought, what in the world? <laughs> Um, I, w- I was really surprised, and I will say pleasantly surprised. I mean, at the end of the day, I thought, well, this is kind of awesome. Oh, it looks like we had a, a little bit of a blip, and um, Andy's going to have to call back in. His call dropped. Hopefully, he'll be able to call in in just the next couple minutes. But by the way, I'm talking with dark fantasy author Andy Culliquin, and he's written several books. Uh, the first is uh, well the first in the series we're talking about is child of the night guild and the second is thief of the night guild both of which you can find over on amazon.com along with several of other stories what we were discussing for anybody who's coming in a little late is we were talking about the one of the things that he writes about and not pointedly necessarily but he he brings in traits that are characteristic of people with high functioning autism asperger's um, people who have other some uh, you know different abilities, and what I mean by that, not abilities like superpower hero stuff, but more like okay, so they've lost a limb and now they have fantasy limb, you know the fan not fantasy phantom limb, and what happens there, and and maybe they're really good at pattern recognition, and so how does that become sort of their super ability or their extraordinary ability or however you want to phrase it? So that's what we're talking about right then. So I'll give him a couple, like a minute or so and see if he can call back in and otherwise go over to Amazon, check out his books. He's been getting some great reviews for his stories. And, you know, if you're into dark fantasy, this would be a good place to start. He's very personable. You can go over to his Facebook page and find out more about his uh, fantasy friends and, and all that. There is podcast group and, and following him for his books. I should mention that actually. He's involved with a podcast, and it's called the Fantasy Fiends. Sorry, Fantasy Fiends podcast. He's been doing that. It looks like since 2014-ish, March 2014. It's like a year after I started this podcast. He he started working with that podcast, which is pretty cool. So in any case, you can check that out. You can find Andy over on Twitter, uh, Andy Peliquin. Um, and he, as I said, he does some great fun stuff on his Facebook page when he's doing any sort of release or like recently he said, you know, he had hit 200 people in his fan group. So they had this great Facebook party. 
um, and, and competitions. His books are divided into not books, but like within the book, um, Child of the Night, and then of course Thief of the Night Guild and all that. They're divided into houses, and so when he did the fantasy, the, the Facebook thing, they were divided into houses. And I think he may have mentioned that earlier, but those of you catching up, that's kind of where we were. This is probably him coming back, so let's check in and see if we can get him out. Andy, are you there? Yes, so sorry about that. <laughs> it happens. It's all right. I covered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. It's it's what I do. You know, I'm part actor, part uh, improv person. Actually, I'm not part actor at all. Improv, <laughs> that I could probably do. No problem. I can just kind of add lib and keep going. <laughs> Make stuff up. That's awesome. I, um, I wish I had that skill. <laughs> yeah, I can just do, you know, I'm a writer. I can make stuff up. <laughs> um, all right. So tell everybody where, I told them you, you have, um, you're on Twitter. Is it Andy Pelican? At Andy Pelican? Yeah. Yeah. Everything, okay. everything on, uh, on social media and Amazon and BookBub and my website is Andy Pelloquin. Everything is that. So just Google my name and you'll find me. Okay. Um, and do you have, what, I shouldn't even say do you, what events, promos, anything do you have coming up? Hmm, good question. I know I have the Indie Scribe Convention in Burbank, California in October. There is a possibility that I will be going to Salt Lake Comic Con in September, not still, not very sure about that one, but you know, fingers crossed because it would be awesome. I love Comic Con, and and I think that's it. Oh, I've got a book release in October, October 27th. I'm sure I'll be running some sort of party, release party, launch party. I always like doing those on Facebook, so I'm sure I'll be doing something. Very cool. So before I let you go, another thing that other authors are always curious about. When you're talking about these events that you're going to, whether it's Comic-Con, I happen to like those too. <laughs> I get distracted a lot though. Uh, <laughs> but when you're going to these things, how, how are these events for you in terms of marketing? How useful are they? Oh, they're the best. I mean, I wish I could do everything at these live events in person because I, I just love the interaction with people. And it's, you know, there's people right there walking past your your table, your booth, or wherever you are. And so they're expecting some sort of interaction. So I'm, I get a little bit crazy. You can talk to people who've, who've met me or seen me at conventions, and they'll, be, they'll just be like laughing at me because I'm a, I'm a six-and-a-half-foot guy, big, loud, boisterous, sometimes a little hopped up on caffeine. So I do crazy things like I invented um, limited-edition high-fives to pass out to people at the conventions, and people love it. I even figured out how to autograph those high fives. And just doing crazy, <laughs> silly stuff like that. I love it, and people love it too. Oh, geez. I need to talk to you more about marketing and the crazy things you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can, you know, yeah. steal them. I mean, borrow them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, you know, I, I, have, I have fun on Facebook, but I really wish that I could do more things live because that's really – where where I do best, just talking to people, interacting. I you know I, the fact that I'm so large, I mean, you know, helps. But I, I it's just so much fun to talk to people, and especially at these comic cons and stuff, and book conventions. I love comics, I love books, I love all things geeky. So it's just great to be able to 
to share my love of those things with other people. And so, you know, I don't have to talk about my books. Obviously, I'm there to try to sell books and meet new people and get readers. But it's great just to talk to people about, you know, whatever TV show they're into, whatever comic book Mm -hmm. they love or movie Mm -hmm. or book. It's just, it's my favorite thing about being an author. You know, it's so crazy. I just, I don't watch TV. I haven't for, I think it's been almost four years now. But I do watch, I'll find series of things that I like on Netflix or on Amazon Prime. Like, I'm a Doctor Who person. My favorite doctor is the Tenth Doctor. So I'm rewatching that whole series. Um, but I had been, I'm like waiting for other things to come on that I'm interested in. And the other day, the whole crossover Defenders thing came on on Netflix with Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, the Iron Fist. I didn't care for the Iron Fist. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't get, get through the whole season. I didn't care for it. Um, and then who's the fourth character? Why am I blanking on that? Oh, Daredevil. And so, and I like Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. And so, you know, three out of four, that's not bad. And so I've been watching the the Thunder yeah. series. So yeah, I can completely geek out at a at a Comic Con about a few things for sure. So I get I get yeah. where you're coming from on that. I totally get that. And the, and it seems like the people when I go to them, the authors who are better able to do that make the best connections. They just absolutely do. And I don't go as an author, yeah. by the way. I go as a uh, I go as back porch writer. And as a regular attendee, okay. that's how I'll go to these events because I'm looking for people okay. who could be on the show, right? And if the authors cannot okay. engage me in a, a really meaningful way, I'm thinking, yeah, you can't be on the show. That won't work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some some authors are are great behind a keyboard, but then they they don't have the sort of the ability to to talk with people in person. I mean, as someone with Asperger syndrome, it's definitely sort of a fake it till you make it thing. I force mm-hmm. myself to be social and mm-hmm. to interact with people. And then as soon as I'm done, as soon as the convention closes, you know, I'll retreat back to my little bubble of, you know, I'll go watch my TV show or go have dinner or go back to the, you know, right. my hotel. I'm not the kind that of person very to just socialize all day long. I'm very much. Yeah. Yeah. But it it really is a good thing for me to sort of challenge myself to interact with people more, and it definitely helps me to to sort of say, okay, I've got this this syndrome, but I'm not going to let it define me. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I mean, there's one of the young men that I mentioned that has the Aspergers and everything. He's in eighth grade now, and he actually and he okay. started this early. He's part of speech, so he's on the speech team, and he goes and does those sorts okay. of things funny he's such a funny kid you know and it's that same thing he's trying to challenge himself to go outside of this diagnosis that he happens to have you know so he's always fun to talk with and a very nice kid um to just and intelligent kid you know to have conversations with but really enjoy that but I I get what you're saying now I was talking about people talking about your podcast you have on your website the fantasy theme podcast and I mentioned oh, yeah. it while we had while you were absent for a moment. So can you tell people a little bit more about the Fantasy Fiends podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the Fantasy Fiends podcast is basically me and uh, a writer buddy having fun an hour every week talking about fantasy novels and um, we we have fun, lots of laughs, but we also try to get into sort of the deeper topics, not so much focused on the writing but more the actual story, like the meat of the story. We talk about the, the religious aspects or the, the philosophical or psychological. Uh, for example, this weekend, 
sorry, tomorrow's uh, episode, we're going to be talking about how the villains or antagonists of these stories are very much the product of their environment. You know, they start out sort of like the, the Child of the Night Guild concept where they start out innocent, they're children, they have, you know, they know no evil, but then because of their circumstances, the people around them, the things they're forced to do, they end up being the villains. So we like to, mm-hmm. to get into sort of the deeper aspects of fantasy because that's the thing that really interests me. And then, of course, the thing that makes us truly awesome is that we do live readings of the, the guests' books. And now a lot of people don't know this about me, but I wanted to be an actor when I was younger. I had a, a theater teacher who was very influential in my life as a writer. And so we do these live readings, and I get to pull out all of my accents and my goofy voices, and we do the narrators and the different parts, and, and it's just so much fun. It's my favorite. We started the podcast just so I had an excuse to do that live on air. <laughs> What's your best accent? Um, you know, I can do a lot of different British accents. Uh, I can do Scottish. I can do a lot of the, the American accents. But I think my favorite one to do is the German accent. Okay, why is that? I don't know. I just, I just love the way that German, the German accent sounds. All right, well, that's good for people to know that you like that particular accent. So, yeah. Andy, I want to thank you so much for being with me here on Backwards Writer again. It's always great to speak with you, and I am looking forward to having more conversations with you. Maybe next time we should have one just about marketing and the crazy things you do. Maybe that should be what, it, oh, yeah. what we do. Yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> Could you just write that up, yeah, please, and sure. send it to or me? Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, or we can talk about Disorders. The the book that I'm releasing in October is a short story collection featuring different disorders, PTSD, autism, fibromyalgia, Alzheimer's, oh, wow. sort of used as as sort of the magic of these stories. Like instead of actual magic, it's mm-hmm. these different disorders, but because it's in a fantasy setting, psychology isn't a thing. So these people, you know, one of them is about a, a soldier who's trying to cope with life after his military service, and he has PTSD, so he's become a a, a tailor because having mm-hmm. the the very detailed themes to to focus on has given him something to help him, you know, take his mind off of the memories that are that are plaguing him, mm-hmm. or just things like that. Just putting these psychological disorders in a fantasy context. So that's something that I'm really mm-hmm. passionate about. That sounds awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, honestly. With that particular one, let me know when you've got that together because I'd love to pass that along to a therapist friend of mine and see if she could use some of yeah. that with uh, yeah, for the sure. people that she's working with. And, and anybody else, because I I know a lot of people who are in that particular field. So let me know. But in case, oh, it was a pleasure having definitely. you back on the show. And Thank good luck so with everything else. Me. You're welcome. And everybody needs to check him out. Thank Andy Pelgrin, pretty easy to find. Check him out on Amazon, and of course, great books are sold, because I'm sure he's everywhere. All right. Thanks, Andy. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, people, go check him out. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Go over to Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, wherever you want to buy books, go look up Andy Pelequin and see what he has to offer you, especially if you're into dark fantasy. If you're not, but you're curious, this series, you know, it's interesting. You need to check it out. His reviews, awesome. And of course, if you like it, leave a review. If you don't like it, leave an honest review. Don't be mean, because that's just not even cool. But leave a good review. By good, I mean honest. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Have a great night. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, 
and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.